I'm David Cross, and you may know me from my election integrity work, but I also own U.S. Asset Management, a family-owned and operated investment advisory practice. I'm a certified portfolio manager, and my job is to help you make better decisions with your money. One of the things we try to avoid is investing in companies that push the woke agenda. If you're invested with one of the big firms out there, there's a pretty good chance that you're feeding the beast that hates your values. Our company is 100% conservative, and we'd love to have an opportunity to work with you. Check us out at us-am.com and look for our big, proud American Eagle logo. Hi, everybody. I'm Christine Dolan, and this is our Globalist in Plain Sight show that we run every Sunday. And today we're doing a special show, and it's in tribute to Kevin Campbell, who worked for United Airlines. And we just recently found out that he has passed away. He was a gentleman who had worked at United Airlines for 37 years. He was a ground crew. His life was there. He was committed. He asked for a religious exemption um, to not take the, the mandated COVID shot uh, that in around August 2021, Scott Kirby, who's the CEO of United and his managerial team <clears throat> had decided that they were going to mandate it for everybody that worked for United Airlines in the United States. And let me emphasize this. Everybody who worked for United Airlines in the United States, <clears throat> pardon me, was mandated to take a COVID shot. And there were three unions at United Airlines. There was a pilot's association. There was the ground crew. There was a flight crew. The unions had cut a deal with United Airlines in the spring of 2021, and they were financially incentivizing people to get their shots. It didn't happen. And in August uh, 2021, management at United Airlines mandated that everybody get the shots. But again, it was just in the United States. And what I mean by that is if you worked for United Airlines overseas in one of their hubs, you were not required to get a shot. It was just for the people that were working here in the, based in the United States. So what happened to Kevin Gamble was he refused to take the shot. He applied for his religious mandate, religious exemption, I'm sorry. <clears throat> And then he was put through the ringer. And when he filed his papers, and I'll have Tom Anderson read that explicitly because Kevin wrote about it. Kevin demanded not to be discriminated by uh, the airlines because he expected to go back to work. But the sad story of, the, of this entire saga is the United Airlines policy was that if you had your religious exemption accepted, you were immediately put on indefinite unpaid leave. Now, what does that mean? That means that you did not, you could not have a free flight for you of your family who was on the list as an employee of United. You did not have access to your medical insurance. You did not have access to your life insurance. 
and you did not have access to your 401k, your money. Think of what happened with the convoys and the people that participated in the Canadian convoys when they froze the bank accounts. Kevin's situation was a little bit different than all the other 28 plaintiffs who, had fi who have filed a suit against United Airlines that is still in the courts today. And Jim Zitlow, Tom Anderson, Tom Floyd are three of the plaintiffs. Kevin was one of the 28 plaintiffs and we have lost him. And he was a, it was a fine human being. And Kevin's situation was different because he had two disabled children. One was in Denver when he was denied having access to his 401k. He didn't have a lot of money. He was a ground crew guy. He was a simple man. He was a kind man. I did an interview with him uh, earlier this year. Kevin was part of the team. And Kevin had a disabled son that was living in Denver, and he didn't have the funds to see him when he was in the hospital. And Tom Anderson, who's joined us today, paid for him his flight to go see his son before his son died. And unbeknownst until today, I did not realize that Kevin, in fact, had a disabled daughter that was living with him and his wife. So the financial strain got to him. And we have lost him. And it's not because of the COVID shot. He refused to take the COVID shot, but he had other health re other health issues, and he didn't have any medical insurance. And he had, you know, a slight bit of medical insurance, but he didn't have the coverage that he had had at United Airlines for 37 years. So, Tom, you called me last night, and you told me that you had learned that Kevin had passed away. Why don't you weigh into this because you really got to know him very personally. Yeah, I think we all really got to know um, everybody in the, the, you know, the group of 28 of us, uh, you know, all that we went through, we went through our own individual uh, harms, um, but we were all on it together. And uh, it was it was a tragedy when I got the call from Elka, his wife, saying that he had passed away. Um, and uh, uh, she said they killed him. It was, uh, which was shocking to me that you would say something like that. Um, uh, I mean, I was just, I, it was, it was a tragedy. I, I was just shocked. I didn't know what to say to her other than, then uh, we, we will all pray for her and uh, her grieving. And it's uh yeah, it's, it's a tough time. It's a very tough time. And, and I'm going to say something that maybe everybody else should not say because your defendants in it. The policy, the corporate policy that United Airlines, that Scott Kirby has bragged about publicly, and we have tapes about that, is shocking to me because it doesn't talk, it doesn't address the human face of this tragedy. And that's why you guys have all filed this lawsuit, because you never want to see this happen again to any of your colleagues. And the people that are the plaintiffs in the case include people who are pilots, the ground crew, the flight crews. And it really imposed the, the policy, the corporate policy basically commodified people as employees. And that, I think that's the thing that makes this just so morally outrageous and why you're fighting in this lawsuit. Tom and Jim, let's talk about this lawsuit, because when you filed it, I know as two guys who um, have been in the military, Jim, you graduated from the university, the, from the US uh, Air Force Academy in 1987. Tom, you flew F-16s. 
for for um, the for the U.S. Army. And I know that there are other people that are involved in this suit with military backgrounds who have made it never again. You never want to see this harm to anybody, and you're on a mission. Let's talk about the lawsuit. Which one of you wants to go first? How it came, how it came around, and what you're really hoping to achieve. Well, thanks again, Christine, for taking time to uh, spend with us to talk about uh, our case. Um, you know, this happened back in 2021. We were um, personally, you know, I, I felt like offended that our religious beliefs were being tried so so vehemently by our company that supposedly you know, cared about our, our, our well-being. Um, we looked at it as a, this, this is a violation of our, of our rights to our own bodily autonomy, even our medical autonomy. So uh, this mandate fly, it flew in the, in the face of what we believed to be all in, you know, common and decent, um, especially the way any company should treat their employees. And we filed this basically to establish that, hey, no company, no body, and the laws actually establish this, um, is allowed to mandate an experimental drug on any of its employees. And we just want to make sure that no other company can ever do this again, because if they get away with it this time, I firmly believe that they'll do it again and again and again until they can basically write the script for any reason to let somebody... Uh, fire someone or let them go or put them on furlough or whatever the case might be. So and we filed this to set it, to set a precedent to make sure it can't happen again. And let's just say this for the public, because I did not know this until I got to know all of you pilots that in fact, you guys can't even take NyQuil. I mean, so there's no reason, there's no precedent for you being when you're flying, there's no precedent for you being given or being forced with an experimental drug. Well, that's right. You know, NyQuil is not even an experimental drug anymore. It's been approved by the FDA for, uh, what is it, almost 40 years now. And um, the thing is, is that the FAA has additional rules that apply to pilots regarding what they can and cannot take because they've done um, research and studies on how aerophysiology reacts with um, taking different drugs, the changes in altitude, the... Uh, you know, we sit down a lot up there in, in the cockpit. Um, there's a lot of drugs that are not allowed, that pilots are not allowed to take. Um, but especially any experimental drug is strictly forbidden. Uh, Tom, I want to go back to um, the piece of paper that was in Kevin's name before we go to Jim and read from that because Kevin authored that. There's certain points in there that I, it's very personal when he talks about his daughter and just the depression that he felt and the abandonment that he felt by United Airlines. Yeah, yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be tough to read, but uh, he he was a great guy. He was very soft spoken. Uh, he loved his family. Mm -hmm. um, being separated from United and the the avenues that helped him help his family mm -hmm. were devastating to him um, in fact um uh he wrote some of the harms that happened just because of his termination um, when it was loss of retirement loss of 37 years of seniority 37 years at the company 
And he was 61 when he passed away. So that is, that's that's yeah. that's more than two thirds of his life almost. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, travel benefits to see his family. His son was in Denver and uh, was in the hospital. He wasn't able to see him. Um, like you said, I, I helped him out uh, with a sum of money. I never knew that he used that actually to go see his son until much, much later. So that was, uh, that really warmed my heart that, that I was able to help him do that. But um, we were all supporting him in our own ways. Um, uh, he said it was very stressful, very demeaning. He was sad and depressed, uh, not knowing what was gonna happen. Um, just the emotional uh, distress, depression, dis despair, loss of enjoyment of life. I mean, this guy, this is the total opposite of who this guy was. And it was because of his termination, just because he was standing his ground like the rest of us and uh, saying, I'm not taking this, this, uh, this jab. I'm just not going to do it. And when he applied for his exemption, he specifically wrote out that, that uh, it was, that he was not going to take it. He was not going to take a test. He was not going to wear a mask. And they approved that. They approved that in their, the, the exemption that he applied for his religious exemption. And uh, he was called into work later after his time off in uh, 20, uh, November of 2021. And uh, they said, we're going to fire you because you're not in compliance with our regulations. But our he, but, but as I recollect, Tom, he had, when he put in for his religious exemption, he didn't just put in for religious exemption. He basically said, you know, I do not want to be discriminated against. Read that line that that uh, Kevin offered, because it's really yeah, so he, he made it, he made it very explicit when he went. And this is this is this is when he was applying before he realized that he was going to be put on indefinite unpaid leave like the rest of you before yeah. he realized that he was going to lose his medical insurance when he had two disabled children before he realized that he could not get on a free seat you know for as a benefit to visit his son who was hospitalized in denver who later died and he wasn't with his son at the time when he died unfortunately and also it was before he realized that he was not going to have access to his 401k that's correct Read that uh, line because I think it's really important yeah. for people to know he was going the distance because he believed in the principle of saying, no, I am not going to be forced. I'd stand by this. But he also went beyond and above just applying for religious exemption, which makes Kevin very unique because of all the people that I have interviewed for the course of the last three years, Kevin's situation, his, his voice was he was thinking ahead. He was saying, no, I'm not going to take the jab, but you are not going to discriminate against. I mean, he really put it on the line. Read that part of what he offered. He did. I will. Here, here's what he said. He said, my request for accommodation is that I do not consent to getting a COVID vaccine and taking a COVID test. I seek to participate normally in all duties, responsibilities, activities, and events without any form of discrimination, harassment, intimidation, separation, or segregation, end quote. And then he, he was called in and he wouldn't wear the mask. And then they said, you have to take a test every day and you have to take a test every day 
on your day off, which I thought was extraordinary. So they were pushing the limit, pushing the limit. And he said, no, I'm not going to do that. That's exactly right. And they, uh, they basically said at that moment while he was at work that you're fired. You're not complying mm -hmm. with any of this. They didn't give him a second chance like they were supposed to. Mm -hmm. They just outright fired him. They walked him out like a criminal in front of all of the, all of his coworkers, friends. And, uh, and that was it. Making well, him an example, scaring him. I, exactly. I, I can add to that. His accommodation enumerated those things. This is what I will do. And this is what I won't do. Right. And they subsequently just reneged on their agreement and they approved his his request and then they came back in and fired him for doing exactly what he said he was going to do which they approved right they, they approved it with, it with all of the renew with with all of the all the description no discrimination no segregation i'm not going to take the test etc cetera, etc cetera. they approved the religious exemption with all those criteria and then challenged them and let them go jim let's bring you in um on this because uh, you, you talked to kenny too uh, kevin i mean I, I i'm just heartbroken like the 27 of us uh you know you know old bird colonels don't get tears but i had tears when tom told me what happened i just recently spoke to kevin i mean he followed the rules on this uh he, he followed what united told him to do and yet still uh you know he was he had certain actions taken as uh we've discussed here. It's just heartbreaking for all 27 of us. Kevin was just spirited. He had a passion. Uh, you know, all of our plaintiffs have unique stories, but Kevin was very, very unique. And, and he was just, he was so heartfelt into this uh, case and, and standing up for his beliefs, religious beliefs and what was true. It's just, it's just heartbreaking to have heard this. I just spoke to him just recently, and he was on the phone, and my heart was breaking as I was, you know, providing him encouragement as you know things were happening to him, and uh, and and our whole group was very uh, tight and supportive, and he was spirited. If he didn't agree with something, we loved taking his opinion, and others, you know, uh, again, we're a really strong group of uh, you know fellow Christians, and we we work together. We, uh, you know, we're pursuing uh, justice in this case. And, and Kevin uh, certainly stood out as he he stood tall amongst all of us, and especially his passion for justice and truth. So that's that's what I remember about Kevin, and we're going to carry him forward uh, as we move forward in our hearts and in our actions. It's going to be a good day. Monday, we do have a little bit left available here. Check us out, familyfarmbeefbox.com. Thanks. Have a good day. Well, that's why you guys are the wings for justice. Because you're on a mission and you're going to do this. Let's talk about the case now, because I think it's very interesting. Um, the case is in Northern Illinois Federal Court. 
<clears throat> the judge has ruled recently not on the merits. He's ignored. Uh, you, you filed your kit, your complaint. United filed their motion to dismiss. You filed your response with some amended complaints. It's a very strong argument. The judge, from what, and I'll give my opinion on this, the judge has missed the merits of the case and your arguments, and I'll leave that for the lawyers to, to discuss. Um, but at the same time, because the circuit court and, and the appeals court is different in that part of the country, now all of a sudden some of the United the other United Airlines cases in Texas that are farther along than yours, all of a sudden uh, United wants to consolidate those. And that is for basically, as we say in the, in the journalism and in the legal profession, they're court shopping um, to, to possibly get ahead because of the favoritism for the corporate side of this. But I think that that's no, that's not going to last because you're determined. Um, because there is, there is a, and I've said this from the very beginning when I first heard about your case. There's a Harvard Business School case study here that will be written at some point in time. And the reason why I say that so emphatically and with such confidence is because I have the documentation of when Moderna in 2020. Uh, wrote a case study and they brought it to the alumni of the Harvard Business School. So I'm going to see if we, we can't get it to Harvard, I'll take it to my alumni business school at Georgetown. But I think this is, when you talk about corporate policy, corporate responsibility, uh, people want to talk about DEI, which I know that Mr. Kirby is pushing um, within United Airlines. And he's admitted publicly that he's picked up the phone and called some other CEOs across America to join forces for these mandated vaccination shots, as well as pushing for the, the DEI and everything else. This actually, with losing Kevin Campbell, is an example of why this doesn't work because it, to me it is so heartless in terms of what has happened with this because all of you have tried so diligently to do the right thing based on principle you want yeah, to talk more about thing. the case you guys or, or i'm sorry who did i interrupt go ahead yeah i was gonna say uh you know that the board of directors and everybody underneath uh management everybody they have a fiduciary responsibility to the, the shareholders of the company. And if kicking us all out, the most highly trained from, from Kevin, who was a technician working on airplanes to us flying them, if, if kicking us out, uh, you know, it, it hurt the company. I mean, there's no way around it. You know, they lost uh, thousands, really, uh, when they kicked everybody out on unpaid leave or fired them. They lost all that talent. Now, that's not a, a, a trustworthy and efficient use of resources by the shareholders or for the shareholders mm -hmm. by the company. So them saying that it was, oh, it was a safety thing. We were all working prior to the mandate uh, in August of 2021. We were all working as technicians, pilots, flight attendants, and we were not unsafe. So and you were you were also working through COVID and the absolutely. other thing and, and so it was it was not a uniform corporate policy because no. you, you had people working for United that were not um ordered to get the mandated uh shots. And you Correct. also had clients who were flying on your on your airplanes 
who were not required to get the shots. So it that was inconsistency all over the place. Very inconsistent, and it and it harmed people to the to the point of of after they were fired, they lost everything. After we were set out on unpaid leave, we lost everything. We couldn't even access our four hundred and one k. We couldn't. We couldn't go to, like Kevin. He couldn't go to see his family that was in the hospital. There was no reason for that, beyond the illegalities of it. Uh, there was just no, there was just no common sense reason for it. It's cold. It's a cold policy, Jim. Yeah. Again, that we've we all flew for nine months. The first part of 2021, while these experimental use authorized uh you know injections were being rapidly developed but for nine months we flew the whole world flew uh with with nobody getting these injections right so uh and then we contrast that to now where uh i just read a piece where only 14 percent of uh americans adults have uptaked the new COVID-19 injection version that's come out this fall. So people are, most people, that means 86% of American adults are running around without uh, an injection. So why did we need these? I mean, uh, we, we're professionals, obviously, uh, you know, it could have been something else. Uh, and then to just transition to our case, I won't discuss specifics because we're in the middle of litigation, but uh, we've laid out some core legal arguments that are very specific uh, in U.S. law based on earlier precedents where things may not have been decided very properly from 2020 to present. In earlier cases, the uh, that litigation and those cases were decided that were precedent setting, and we'll let uh, the judge go ahead and uh, review that. But it's pretty clear cut and straight to the point on uh, what we have put into our filings and we'll let the process flow through. So it's, I think it's going to be difficult to counter that, but I'm, I'm certain, uh, you know, the other side that's uh, well-funded and, uh, you know, has, has much more uh, capacity will certainly argue otherwise, but uh, we're very confident in our arguments that we've put forth in this court process. Well, I want to ask all of you to, uh, Jim Zitlow, how long have you, did you work for United Airlines? Uh, so over 20 years uh, with United Airlines. All right. And Tom Floyd, how many years did you work for United Airlines? I was there uh, just almost 22 years. Uh, Tom Anderson? I was there seven years. All right. Uh, and let's go back to the history of your backgrounds. Jim Zitlow, not only did you fly planes, but you were involved with the development of the global response to pandemics in 2007. And, and explain to the audience how that came about, because you guys have some gravitas that a lot of people don't have. You were there at the beginning, Jim. After 9-11, there were about 15 global plans that President George W. Bush had asked for after 9-11. One was being the war on terrorism, but another one was the pandemic response. And you were the it guy, as they say, for DOD that developed that. And there were no mandated vaccinations. There was no mandated lockdown. There was isolation for those who were sick. 
and there were no mandated for the masks. So explain to the public, you knowing that, and then it was implemented in 2009, as I remember, under the H1N1, and then something happened, and all of a sudden, that plan got pushed aside. And nobody talks about that today. And again, I'll just caveat my comments that my views are my personal views and don't represent the DOD or any mm -hmm. of its components. So this is, these are my personal views. Uh, and again, our planning, uh, you know, a number of items are classified, but I will talk in general. Specifically, uh, I, was, I went out to uh, NORAD, U.S. Northern Command, after 9-11 to help, uh, you know, in homeland defense uh, because terror terrorism was a big issue. And then in 2005, 2006, the White House under the Bush 43 administration began preliminary planning to plan for a uh, worldwide uh, bird flu. Uh, H At the time, it was H5N1 strain. Uh, what happened in 2009 was an H1N1 strain, just to show you you know, it's not exactly the strain of uh, virus you could plan for. So after I wrote a plan uh, with a number of people following uh, Hurricane Katrina, uh, we built a, a search and rescue plan for catastrophic search and rescues uh, for Hurricane Katrina. I was by name requested to uh, lead a working group at NORAD US Northcom uh, to build a plan, a global synchronization plan for an upcoming H5N1 and possible uh, variations of that so that the U.S. military could continuously operate up to, uh, you know, uh, multiple scenarios worldwide and continue to keep those ships, airplanes, submarines, uh, you know, ground troops operating uh, in, in the midst and multiple phases of a pandemic. Uh, I can't go into the details of that plan, but generally, uh, it was all about antivirals and uh, providing medications ahead of time and isolating those that were sick uh, with uh, vaccines being developed through the full FDA approval process, which would take a, a much, much longer time, and then would be utilized at a future date. So uh, there, were, there were even plans to take these antivirals. Tamiflu was one of the uh, medications we use, so you may have heard of Tamiflu, and that those those uh, medications were to be uh, deployed out across the globe uh, in the early portion of a bird flu uh, H5N1 or H1N1 pandemic, and we would uh, take care of most of the initial early phases uh, with medications with down-the-road, longer-term, fully FDA-approved, safety-studied, uh, efficacy uh, studies done and then we would do vaccination so that's about all i can go into detail wise so we set the baseline uh for the department of defense built the plan that orig originated all this uh, i'm not sure what happened between 2007 and 2020 but there were certainly some modifications and i i won't comment specifically on that right now but that's that's where we started and that's uh that's kind of the original history there and let me just add to this, that this wasn't a working group that was on the side. This was, you were actually chosen by Secretary of Defense Gates, who succeeded Secretary of Defense Donald Rumsfeld. So this was at the highest order 
coming down from the president to develop this plan overseen and you were chosen by the secretary of defense well let me clarify i was chosen by the staff at uh, the combatant command uh who is you know obviously recommended to go all the way up to the secretary of defense so not personally uh but again because i had been involved with a lot of operational planning that had just recently occurred uh i was tapped uh, to make sure that uh, we did the planning properly using all tools and all assets and all capabilities that the DOD could possibly use without any real specific guidance, but we did it the proper way to make sure we would follow uh, public health, you know, rules that have been in place for, you know, over a hundred years. Tom Floyd, you're, you're a retired Lieutenant Colonel. Did I have, do I have your, from, from the U.S. Army, you flew F-16s. How long were you uh, in your service? Uh, I served a total of 27 and a half years uh, active or on t as an officer, um, six years in the Army, and then uh, almost 22 years in the Air Force. And Jim, how long were you in the, in the Air Force? Uh, 23 years total. Okay, so so um, and, and Tom Anderson, you have flown planes uh, not just for United, but how long have you been a pilot? Uh, since '99, so quite a few years. I was never in the military, but I did work for the uh, the uh, Department of Defense from 2008 to 2014, making 14 deployments to both Iraq and Afghanistan in support of our troops. So it, it felt like I was in the military for those six years. So, you know. Thank you all for your service you know, to our country and thank you for your service for leading this charge for this lawsuit because I think it's very important. And, and I, 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 I feel bad about Kevin's situation. I think we should talk about you know, possibly creating a GoFundMe for his family. Um, I will add his uh, interview with me to our piece, but before, you know, I don't want to miss the fact of how do people help you um, with your case financially, with with all of the tags and everything? Because I know this is expensive, it's hard. United Airlines is gonna, you know, make this even harder, drag it out, um, hopefully, you know, bankrupt everybody, I guess, and think that people can't help you with this. But if we can see what happened to Kevin behind the scenes, and the fact that you know this takes this takes a toll on people and it's not just united there are other corporations who have adopted these draconian measures that basically commodifies the human commodifies their employees which is what makes me crazy about um people thinking that no this is policy no it's not it was you know we, we now know more information today than we did in 2020 worldwide we now know that you know when people were saying in February and March of 2020, oh, this came from the wet market. Now we know that you know if you're not looking at the lab, then you're 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 not over the target. Uh, we know that there's a discrepancy about the gain of function. We know that there's no rules and regulations for the gain of function. We know that there is an industry for the gain of function at the expense of human beings. It's commodities and human experiments. Tom Floyd, you want to add well, to this? Well, let me take a little bit of exception with that because we knew these things in 2020. We knew that it didn't come from a wet market in 2020. We knew that these that these vaccines were uh, had problems. Uh, there were there was uh, thousands of people who had already reported 
uh, on the VAERS network or on the VAERS system, um, deaths as a result of the vaccine. So, not in that, 2020. That, that was 2021 after the 20, rollout. On the in VAERS. 2020, yeah, you're right, exactly 2021. But in spite of all this information, um, uh, CEO Kirby and the rest of the board of directors of United Airlines went forward with this plan, mm -hmm. and like you mentioned here, um, it removed the humanity from from the workforce. They 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 basically, like you said, commoditized all the uh, commoditized all of the employees, making it. Um, and and the thing that the thing that was incredible about it was while they were doing that, they were telling us how much they cared about us and how concerned they were for our safety while they were doing things like cutting off uh, Kevin Campbell's medical and his retirement and everything else that he had worked for 37 years at United to do, totally discarded the humanity, threw him away like a piece of trash. And, and I want to add de in devastated that, Kevin, it devastated I, Kevin and his, and his family. Well, not only that, but I mean, we have to emphasize the fact that, and, and there's two things I just want to cover here, that you were all put on indefinite unpaid leave uh, in the fall, September, October, November, whatever the dates were, when you received your religious exemptions. And then you were all invited, people who received their religious exemptions were then invited back to United in March of 2022, but then there was discrimination uh, but when those when people who received the religious exemptions were invited back to work, Tom Anderson, you want to talk about that because there's a couple of people who went back to work in March of 2020 and they they were discriminated against, and um, I know that, that some of the plaintiffs in this case felt that. Yeah, some of the plaintiffs in the in this case did go back. Um, that I will I will say there was a caveat to the uh, invitation back to work at United, if you will. Mm -hmm. um, the, the caveat was that at any time uh, that at, at United's sole discretion, anybody that had a religious exemption could be thrown right back on the street on indefinite unpaid leave at the, at the company's sole discretion. And that, that stands to this day. So there has been no uh, there, there's been no like uh, that I know of back pay or anything like that uh, or apology or anything like that from the company. I, I don't work there anymore. Um, and uh, so I don't know that for a fact, but uh, that was the caveat. And uh, as far as I know, they have not changed their policy on, on, uh, on the, sh on the jabs, even to this day, two years later. Let's talk about faith, <clears throat> because when I met you guys, um, I had already interviewed the COVID vax injured. And when you came, your situation came to my attention. <coughs> Pardon me. We talked about, you know, pushing forward on this and how important your faith is to you, because you were willing to put your lives, your livelihood on the line. And I remember when I watched video interview that United Airlines CEO Scott Kirby made and it was a specific message to the pilots and I thought it was insulting I thought it was intellectually dishonest I thought it was threatening and I'm not a pilot but basically what I watched was 
Scott Kirby, who also is a graduate of the university, uh, not the university, of the U.S. Air Force Academy. Uh, and I believe it was 1987, which is the same class as you, Jim Zitlow, is the class behind you. Scott's uh, two years behind me, a class of 1989. Okay, so when 89, so when when he knows he knows he knows about the military and experimental drugs and everything like that. He knows that he's running. He was at American Airlines, then he became CEO at uh, United Airlines. So he he knows that you you shouldn't mess around with the health of pilots. And we know that subsequent to these mandates for many of the pilots who decided who chose to take the take the shots to keep their jobs that they were going to be at risk we know of the sudden deaths of some of the pilots we know of pilots privately talking about the myocarditis of their hearts emergency landings and some even within united airlines there was a flight i believe it was from guatemala to to chicago and they had to stop in Houston because there were problems with the, and I can't remember if that pilot actually died, but I know there was an emergency landing in Houston. Let's talk about faith because I think it's really important. You guys put it on the line and Scott Kirby in that tape said, if you're a pilot and you just found God or Jesus, I forget how he referred to the almighty, that, you know, it may cost you your job. Go ahead, Jim Zitlow. Uh, faith is the core of all of our beliefs. All 28 of us are uh, very strong Christians. And, you know, we, we, serve, we serve an almighty God and his son, Jesus Christ. And I, I will just say just one short uh, place where I overlapped with Scott Kirby. I won't discuss him. But uh, I was in... Uh, the choir, the Protestant choir at the Air Force Academy. And every Sunday morning, I stood uh, below those 17 inspiring spires at the Air Force Academy Chapel, which is front and center of, uh, you know, the Air Force Academy itself, singing out uh, worship songs and praying and, and, and being in faith to the almighty God above us, who uh, we serve uh, at his pleasure and uh, through his purpose. So you, to talk about faith, uh, there's multiple things. I'm not here to let uh, all the other people in the world decide what my faith or what it what it's not. But I am a strong believer in the almighty God and his son, Jesus. And our purpose, each one of us has a purpose down here. We're all important. Kevin Campbell was a glorious, wonderful servant of uh, our almighty God and Jesus, and he is with him today, and we're so saddened that he has passed on, but I will tell you that all 28 of us, our faith is the core of rock solid of who we are. It doesn't matter who's out there in the world or the evil. It's about serving the almighty God and his son Jesus and having the Holy Spirit within us and serving him and doing his will uh, regardless of what comes our way. That's who we are all about. We serve that almighty God above us and thank God that we are in this time, in this fight, and he brought us all together for this moment. Tom Floyd, yeah. I've spent time with you and your, your wife uh, in Tennessee. I attended your church. Your minister talked about the soldiers of 
Jesus and warriors and spiritual warriors. What are your thoughts about this? Well, I agree. I agree wholeheartedly with everything that Jim just said. Um, and I feel the same way. Um, but, you know, you, you talk about faith and I think sometimes people get lost or they get confused by the idea that faith is, is strictly a Christian uh, ideal. And um, everybody has faith, whether you're agnostic, atheist, Christian, Muslim, it's a faith. A faith is based on something you believe, something that you not necessarily can, can prove. <clears throat> and Scott Kirby took personal exception with the idea that people that had faith divergent from his own, that they would be excluded from conversation, from inclusion, while at the same time he's talking about inclusion and equity and, 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 and uh, diversity. You know, um, not only is it, uh, you know, distasteful, but it's against the law. Title seven of the, uh, uh, it's, 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 that's just title seven of the um, Civil Rights Act of 1964 establishes that nobody can be um, discriminated against based on their religion. And that's exactly those people like us, 27 that took exception with this, with this jab for a number of reasons. Um, religiously, some people took them for medical, took exception for medical reasons, but the 28 of us, for the most part, took exception religiously against these, these inoculations. And we were singled out, we were picked out, and we were um, made an example of, um, basically saying, look, if you have religious convictions, essentially, that are divergent from theirs, they're going to kick us out of the, uh, kick us out of the company. Tom Anderson? So, yeah, so let me wrap that up. You know, the, the same God that Jim and Tom were talking about, I agree 100% with what they said, is the same God that that David looked up to when he went down to fight Goliath and the Midian, the, the, uh, the Midianites, the big army. And it was, it was just him, five stones or smooth stones, however many there were that he picked up and a sling. And he went up against an entire army. You know, we're only 28 plaintiffs. We're going up against probably the, one of the largest uh, companies and the law firms in, in the world. Yet we have our God on our side. We have our faith in that God. And uh, there will be justice in this lifetime or the next. Um, and uh, and we, we know that. We, we, uh, we pray for that every day. Um, and you know what? It, it's, it's really hard to do this, but we pray for Scott Kirby to come to know the same God, the same Jesus that we know. As much as we made, you know, uh, have very differing opinions and of what he did to us, what the whole company did to us. That that is our that is our hope. That is our hope. So Tom, go ahead, Tom. So you, you said earlier, how can people find us? Um, mm -hmm. We have a website, um, wingsforlibertyandjustice.com. That has our our case, our latest case that you can read. You can read the entire law laid out um on our case against united airlines and you could read uh, uh you can see different um media you can see the interviews that you did christine with with uh, all of us you can even see kevin's interview on there um mm -hmm. and you can also uh help us 
uh, fight these uh, fight these guys. Uh, there's a give send go link on there. You can donate there. Um, and uh, once we get a, uh, a, a give send go or a, a donation link for Kevin, you can go there as well. We'll we'll try to make that happen. Well, I think you guys you guys are doing God's work, and I, and I've thought that since the very beginning when I met you because you're on a mission. It's not just for the back pay for when you were put on unpaid leave. It's to see that this never happens again. And I I can't be more honored to have been with you on this as a journalist and also to have taken American Conversations to Colorado Springs where the U.S. Air Force Academy is and also to Chicago because United Airlines is in fact based in Chicago and I know that there's another location we're going to do uh, you know after the first of the year down in Texas because this is something this this is a story that 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 is about humanity and it is about corporate responsibility. And it's almost like a hundred years ago when people didn't have rights as workers. And now all of a sudden we're reverting in time and history because of policies, because people want to push something called pharma. And we're, we're going to be going deeper dives in 2024 about reforming pharma. It's not just about you know, COVID vaccinations, but it's about the corruption in the industry that has led to these corporate policies that have broken people like heaven. I mean, his family fell apart because of something like this. And as his wife Elka said, they killed him. And this needs to stop. This needs to stop. So you, you guys have my prayers. Uh, blessed holidays to all of you. And does anybody have anything that they want to say before we end this program I just like to say thank I just like to say thank you again Christine for uh, bringing us on to talk about this you know <clears throat> this isn't a this isn't a simple case between mm -hmm. us 28 and, and United Airlines this is this is precedential in that it is employees rights to their to their corporations um, Corporations have responsibilities under the law, just like every other person, every other entity. And if we stand back and allow the Constitution to be trampled on because they're a corporation, then we're then we're giving away our rights, you know, piecemeal, one one piece at a time. Um, we absolutely have to prevail to protect employees' rights against or from corporate uh, tyranny. Um, if United gets away with this, what's going to stop any other company from exacting the next one? Maybe they are going to require uh, their female employees to get uh, abortions if they get pregnant because they're going to be less effective. Or maybe they're going to make, uh, who knows, name it. Pick pick whatever scenario you want to come up with. Well, what's we, gonna we, stop we, I can give an example. I can give an example. Pardon me for jumping in here. But there was a woman who was in training as a United Airlines stewardess who was told that she had to share a bedroom with a guy who was who claimed to be trans but hadn't gone through the transition he he didn't have the lower operation he dressed he dressed as a, he was in in steward school for lack of a better word for united and as you guys know many times when you fly out of town you're a, you you get a roommate in a hotel room sometimes and because they were in flight flight training 
this woman was, this real woman was assigned to someone who was in a dress but hadn't gone through the lower operation. And that, that person going dressed, the man dressed as a woman who hadn't had the lower operation informed the real woman at United Airlines that he was still attracted to women, that they were forced to sleep in the same room and the woman was terrified. And then as she went through the training program, she went to her manager who said, well, you might be in the wrong job. Now, if that's corporate policy, people need to wake up because that's where this is going. When you break people, when you force people to uncomfortable situations, that's not following the rules and regulations and of, you know that, that that we all grew up with in America. Go ahead, okay. Jim. Go ahead, Jim. Uh, I just want everybody to know that you know this isn't about us or a case, but Kevin Campbell was a living, breathing, wonderful human being, like three hundred million plus of us citizens who who believed strongly in what he believed in. He believed in Jesus. He he fought vigorously. He he wanted to stand up for what was right. He followed the rules. He did what was he was supposed to do, and he ended up not being with us anymore. And it's just it's tragic, and and we're we're mm -hmm. saddened to lose he's he lose our family member. And so we appreciate any help anyone can give his family in particular, you know. And this isn't really as much about us, but today we're here to honor Kevin Campbell, just a wonderful human being. And uh, we're completely saddened by what has happened to him. And, and uh, we're going to carry on the fight uh, on behalf of him as we go forward, the 27 of us. And God bless the opportunity for all of us to have known Kevin Campbell. He was a hero in our books, and we're going to continue to fight forward as we go ahead. And he'll be included in the suit. Absolutely. Absolutely. We're going to make sure that happens. Absolutely. Um, God bless you guys. Thanks for joining. And I know Tom, you're you're on you're you're working today. You're 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 at the airport. So I, I just want to say thank you guys for jumping on. You know, at the last moment moment today, and I wish you guys well and a blessed holidays. Thank you, Christine. Thanks, Christine.